Hey guys, and welcome to the Bare Naked Health Podcast, where I interview the absolute best health and wellness practitioners from across the globe to show you what they do so you can do it too. This is because, like you, I did not always feel that health was easy. I had tried different diets, exercise plans, but often felt misled by an industry that really thrives on you not getting healthy and always spending money on the next new thing. Because of this, I'm getting bare naked on health and pulling back the curtain to show you that being truly healthy is simple. Wherever you are in your health journey, I want to show you that with minimal effort, you can get maximum results and do what you love. Play with your kids, go for a hike, and crush it in your business all while feeling great. To give a kickstart, I encourage you to go over to BarenakedHealthPodcast.com to access my calendar and schedule a 15-minute call so we can discuss what is your biggest struggle when it comes to maintaining your health. Remember that I'm a holistic lifestyle coach and that the show is really sponsored by you guys. Each of you that works with me that I am able to take on as a client helps me to be able to keep putting out these podcasts for free. So I just want to thank you, each of you, for your love and support. Hey guys, I'm your host, Nick Horowski, and welcome to the Bare Naked Health Podcast, episode number 75. In today's episode, I interview parasitology master Graham Jones. Be sure to stick around for the end of the interview to learn about the lack of your parasympathetic state, what Graham is doing to help out his energy levels, and his vision for a healthy future. Alrighty guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Bare Naked Health Podcast. And on the line today, I have Graham Jones. Now Graham, first question I ask everybody who comes on the show is, tell us about your health journey in 10 sentences or less. <laughs> uh, my health journey, uh, okay. So it started with a passion for sport at a young age. And that developed into further study in university and doing my degree. Um, but I'd say really my passion for health didn't really start until I was working and I was about 20, 23, 24 years old. And I was working as a well-being specialist. Um, it was basically a personal training role with a few additional duties and training. Um, and it kind of started there based in exercise, but then it went to the next level when I went and started working in a hospital and running a hospital department. And that's when it really kind of kicked in when I was working more with, with people that were, um, that, that were, you know, that were actually sick or that were, you know, this kind of working, you know, working sick where they were. They were, you know, doing a job and just ill and under the weather all the time, you know. So that that's where it, you know, really sort of caught me, and um, it went it went on from there. So now, pivoting kind of past that point, where are you really at today with your practice, with even just your own personal health journey? Um, yeah, personal health journey. I think it, well, it's. It, it, it is a journey. It's a constant journey. Um, you know, having moved countries uh, recently uh, and setting up new business again and things like that, developing a practice. You know, my health has definitely taken a, a bit of a battering the last couple of years. Um, so now I'm kind of I'm in a bit of a new like a, a, a revisiting in my own health phase right now whereby um, I'm doing a lot, of, a lot of testing on myself and evaluation and then going quite, going quite heavily in with, with interventions and, and training, um, you know, re really getting you know, strict with the protocols rather than just you know, doing all the, the you know, what I'd call like the standard basics if you want to be healthy. So, you know, I've always been fairly good at going to bed on a reasonable time and eating fairly healthily, you know, getting the, 
the fruits and vegetables in and eating good sources and quality of food and you know trying to keep keep active and move around every week or do some things but but now I've gone into a lot more deeper clinical data with myself so I've been doing some quite you know extensive uh, extensive testing of my my hormones and um, and my blood what have you really found out about doing all this new testing especially like switching uh, locations I mean like you said setting everything up what have you uh, maybe I guess been surprised with to find out about yourself through the testing um, I don't think I mean I don't think I've necessarily found anything that's overly surprising because I've always like you know everyone has their own battles with their health and mine is it's definitely I've I've had uh, always had a bit of a battle with energy and having having enough energy to do what I want to do. It's never really stopped me from doing anything, but it definitely has stopped me being as productive as I can or be able to do as much research as I want to or be able to think clearly. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been interesting to to kind of get some get some data on my my own health and and see you know okay well here's where I am um, and it's you know there's there's definitely some really good positive points there um, I'm not going to die tomorrow. Um, <laughs> well, that's good to know. Very good. To uh, know. That's, that's well, maybe I'll get hit by a bus and then uh, not you for know, many. But, uh, yeah. Short yeah, of a bad accident, I guess. Yeah, so uh, but but there's definitely there's you know again it falls into this interesting area where it's kind of you know medically if we look at the medical ranges medically I'm normal but then if you do all the the functional you know if you look at that functionally and a lot of the functional medicine testing that I do then I'm definitely not ideal. Um, Can you expand upon that a little bit because I think. People yeah. look at that normal range, and, and I've had people where I'm working with them too, and they say, well, yeah, my doc still said I'm within like the normal range and stuff. And I said, okay, what did that say even 10 years ago for you? What were your lab values or something like that if they still have access to that? But if you could expand yeah. upon why that's such a difference between, like you said, functional versus normal even. Yeah. Yeah, of course. well, I mean, you, you've got, I guess you've got the, the two, I mean, well, the functional medicine is kind of, um, well, it might not be the new kid on the block for like you or I, but you know certainly the general public are now getting uh, more awareness around it, and it is the new kid on the block in that sense. And it's this kind of new paradigm that, that that's coming out. That you know, I do think that it, it's not necessarily the future of the whole of medicine, but it's definitely the future for me in terms of chronic medical problems. That you know you're not you're not at risk of dying tomorrow, but you know it, it's you're going to lead a pretty uncomfortable life unless you sort out this how your body functions. Um, so this, this uh, you know, of course, I, I've worked in I've worked in the medical settings and worked with a lot of doctors, and you know the the way that they they use test results is is black and white, and and either you're in you're in the range or you're not, and if you're in, you're good. If you're one point in, you're good. You know, whereas maybe in our functional range, we want to be, you know, way over, you know, halfway into that range, maybe up to three three quarters. Um, so it's really looking at these, you know, we're do looking at these results and going, well, okay, maybe this is a level that might be okay for a sixty or seventy year old person near the bottom end of the range, but you know, me being a you know thirty-four year old guy, I want to be, you know, near three quarters sort of into that range, close to the top. Um so it's 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 looking at that in a different light and going, well, let's look at the symptoms and how, you know, I or or my patients feel and then go in Let's look at where they are in whatever range of whatever test we're doing. Going, are we potentially seeing a reflection there? And then, if we do some kind of intervention, do people move up that range, um, and do they feel better for it? What are some of the things that you'll maybe see either in testing or uh, just 
lifestyle factors, I guess, in general, uh, that people are almost need the most help with. And if you could share maybe, uh, like you said, you used to live in the UK, now in Sweden, right? Like if those are any different, even just based on cultural uh, differences as well. Okay. Cultural differences. Sweden is overall the uh, the level of health at the, the this kind of base ground level is much better. So people are a lot better at eating healthy. They understand more about what that means. They exercise and move more effectively. There's generally a better quality of life and a better work life balance. But we still see, you know, still see the same problems. So it's not that, you know, it's not that anything is necessarily different. There's still problems coming up with, you know, all these common things where people, you know, people are struggling to lose weight. People are tired. People have problems with getting sick too often. People have high stress levels. They can't sleep. Um, they have problems with the thyroid. They have gastrointestinal disorders, irritable bowel syndrome. Um, it's it's all you know skin issues, eczema, psoriasis, um, back pain, you know chronic fatigue, um, chronic musculoskeletal problems that that don't get better with with good physiotherapy or some kind of body work and movement. So it's all it's all the same issues, but I just have to work less with people on the basics in Sweden. So in the UK, maybe the first six months of working with a client was okay, you know, sleep, you need to try and get some, um, <laughs> yeah, particularly for a lot of the, the people in, in London. Um, or, yeah, you might want to think about eating a bit more fruit and veg and not just eating bread all day or cereal or things like that. So um, you kind of, you have to put a lot more basic work in in the UK before you can really even get to the, you know, a bit more of the, the kind of tailored, if you like, strategies. Um, you know, the, the the foundation is is a bit poorer in the UK, so you have to work a lot harder there to get them up to a, a you know a bit of a better baseline of health. For them, when you can really, if they need it, you know, come in with the more strategic interventions at a maybe a, a slightly deeper level, whatever that may be. Um, so that's definitely the main differences. Between between the two yeah countries for sure. Um, and what was the other? What was the other? Well, I, th I think you kind of went when? all into it there. No, and th and that was um, again. So what I, I really took away from that too, though, was you you're still talking about like the functional lab testing, like running these tests. But okay, still yeah. getting the basics down. Like it, it, at at a certain level, like you still have to go back to those basics and make sure that they're uh, taken care of. And then as you progress, even though you're running these labs, you're still tailoring things to people's specific yeah. needs. And that's a beautiful thing to hear. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I, I, get, I, I use a lot of different kinds of, of testing. I mean, I, I love data. So I like data and I like tests. And, um, you know, there's a, there's a ton of, like, great theoretical information out there and people can read lots of things they want. And, you know, I hear some great presentations by practitioners. And, and then, you know, I like to see that, like, backed up by practical information so we can see that, okay, if there is a thyroid gland that's not working very well, you know, well, yeah, do, you know, what, what does the person need to do about that? Why, where is that? coming from um, do they need more uh, iodine in their in their diet you know can we measure that iodine yes we can well is it low yes it is okay you need more iodine but uh, so it's it's really using all these kind of tests and the DNA tests that that, that tell me okay it gives me more specific information for that client so I can then go yeah you know what the you know, five, five, six, seven portions of fruit and vegetables per day is, that's definitely a must for you. Okay, so some people we can see and, and go, well, look, actually, genetically, everything looks pretty, pretty strong for you. So you can probably get away with a, a bit more deviation from a kind of 
you know this 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 healthy way of living. Um, so if things come up and they get problems, we know it's something in their lifestyle. Um, so it's kind of it's trying to rather than teach everyone to do everything perfectly, uh, which I don't think is even possible anyway. It's um, you know it's trying to to use to use the data and use the testing and, and use people's experience and how they feel to combine all that to then go, well, yeah, this is, you do need a more of a vegetarian diet with limited protein and fat and this is why. Or no, you need a high fat, high protein diet and this is why. Um, so that's, that's kind of what I'm, you know, trying to maneuver my way through <laughs> um, yeah uh, so rather than just giving like broad brushstroke advice which you know for some people definitely works you know some people do the basics a bit better that's maybe all they need um, or so maybe all it, they want even if, if yeah, getting, exactly. that's what you they know, want then that's all they really wanted to get to yeah, so that's a, a big conversation I have with every client is, is trying to figure out how far do you want to go, how much information do you want, um, you know, how much do you want to invest in your own health, um, how, how quickly do you want to achieve all of this. Um, so yeah, of course, it, it's trying to build a, build a strategy with, with the, the person that I'm working with. To, um, to to help them get the answers that they want, and, and some people get those answers through trial and error. Um, some people we get it through a lot, you know, maybe performing ten different tests involving blood, stool, urine, saliva. We get all that data. We pull it, you know, pull it all together, and I say this is the picture that we can see, and therefore this there's a very clear strategic action plan to follow so it totally depends try and build build everything to the to the client you know and their and what they want and what the problems they're having with their body um and take it from there and it just it's kind of and um, the journey kind of evolves as it goes well talking about even coming up with this uh journey and action plan you yeah. said that Part of like your biggest struggle has always been energy, right? So yeah. what are you doing really for yourself currently uh, to kind of come up on an action plan with that, to really work on that, hone that in just for yourself even, and be able to boost that energy, like you said, to be able to do the research that you want, to be able to just go out there and dive yeah. into any area of study that you're really uh, kind of geeking out on at the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's again, it's just, it's, I'm on quite a, uh, quite a specific and extensive like supplement protocol at the moment. Um, so I'm, I'm taking, I don't know, you know, around maybe I'm just looking at all the supplements on my desk here that's going on. So maybe there's 10, 10, 10 different things at the moment that, that I'm on that it's, it's very like strategically thought out for, for me. Um, so normally, yeah, I'll chat with, depending on inf what information that I find out about myself, um, then I'll chat with who, you know, whoever I'm connected with, who's the, the, an expert in that area to get a, an opinion on it and just say, look, so obviously because I do a lot of testing and I work for a couple of different labs and you know, it, it's kind of opened some doors to some of these experts, um, so I can, you know, connect with them and say, look, uh, this is what I found. What do you think? What's your take on it? Get some opinion, get some feedback, and then you know, use that to create a program for me. So um, I think it's always, you know, it's it's you know, again, even for my health, I'm always asking other people what they think. Um, so doing that and then working out is definitely a key for me at the moment, and that's been a major, a major difference. So I've got much back, much more back into the gym and lifting heavier weights. 
Um, I was doing much more cardio a few few months ago, more running. Um, so now I'm back in the gym, lifting lifting heavy, sort of three four times a week. Um, you're just trying to be care be careful with you know late bedtimes. Uh, be careful with uh, you know alcohol consumption and things like that, which is not going too well because I've had two stag two uh, you know bachelor stag parties in the last two weeks. Um, so uh, yeah, that's that's been uh, you know that's not been as helpful. But you know that's that's me. I'm, I'm very much a you know, like I said, I don't, I don't live this like perfectly, you know, angelic, healthy life. I, I like to get a, a balance there. So then, what would be your biggest vice? Would it be having some alcohol, or is it something else? Uh, probably, yeah. No, hot, hardcore class A drugs. No, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> It's, uh, yeah, no, it's, it's probably, it probably is alcohol, I would say. It, it probably is, but, Now, how you know, do again, you mitigate the effects of alcohol to really just better fit in with the rest of your lifestyle? Yeah, <laughs> I can't, what do I do? I mean, I try not to over, I mean, I mean, again, I've done DNA testing on myself and I've got things like I have, I, I mean, instinctively I knew that when I drink, you know, I, I suffer worse hangovers than other people. It makes me, makes me feel crappy for a long period of time. And then, you know, I did some DNA testing and I, I've got a deletion of one of my um, enzymes that is involved in detoxification detoxification so it, again it just answered some of these you know, puts a bit more information and go okay well that's why and you know I might use some like activated activated charcoal if I'm going out I will use more uh, I'll try and eat eat more vegetables that that day you know just try and get some balance somewhere make sure you know try and drink water when I'm if I am drinking or going out so uh, you know it's not it, it, it's not like a perfect solution, but it but it definitely seems to to, to help to to balance it out a little bit. And I don't do it all the time, so um, you know maybe yeah maybe I'll maybe I'll have a, like a a heavy drinking session. I don't know once every couple of months, um, but I you know I'd happily have a. a glass of wine or you know so on the, on the weekend and stuff like that but again I just yeah you know, just try and follow that 80 20 rule um, which you know I think for me it helps to keep me keep me sane as well you know um, definitely gone through over like the last sort of 14 or so years since really been on that journey I've gone through like extremes where I've only only ever eaten organic and didn't eat any sugar at all and didn't have any alcohol and things like that and it it's been it's been really interesting but you kind of you know I've done some full circles um, and you know in the end I just think you end up coming to a, a balance where you're you're happy and that that's all it always you know it shifts sometimes and sometimes you don't you don't look after yourself so well and then you you feel it you know, my energy levels get a bit low and it gives me a kick up the backside to say, right, come on, it's, you know, time to get some things back in, back in line. Um, so yeah, I don't, you know, I don't, with my clients as well, I don't, you know, I don't ask them for, for perfection. I don't expect them, you know, to be perfect. Some I might say, yeah, you know what, with everything that's going on with you, you're, you're going to need to be as close to a hundred percent as you can. Uh, maybe you only have to do this for a short while. Um, it depends what's what's going on, but you know, I think that some un, you know what would be typically described as unhealthy behaviors are actually can be healthy in other ways. So, do you have a current area of study that you're just really diving into? Because you said you do want to get into like more of the research, looking at stuff. Is there anything in particular that you were just lasered in on uh, really trying to understand or learn more about? Um, probably late. I'm probably like partially lasered in on, you know, far too much stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so I end up like being a, 
a jack of all trades and master of none. <laughs> um, well, it's, it's kind of it's hard because you know I work for uh, I work for a you know, parasitology lab, so you know that always like grabs my interest in digestive. Well, maybe something along those lines, it, like give us maybe a couple of the different things that you're looking into uh, across well, health or otherwise, even. Yeah, I'm always very interested in Blastocystis hominis, which is a protozoan parasite. It's the most the most common one we see. Uh, some people it seems to really cause them a lot of problems, and what about that? Others it, it doesn't so seem to uh, to cause a problem at all. Uh, so that's very interesting. Um, I'm so, yeah, at the moment looking at doing my you know, possibly doing my PhD on on chronic pain uh, related to inflammation and the genes which sort of code for something called, no worries. All right, well, hey, we're back on, we lost a little connection there, guys. But uh, Graham, I, I was actually uh, trying to ask you and wasn't able to, what is it about though the blastocystis hominis that really kind of intrigues you? Uh, like you said, you always kind of have come back to something like that then too. Yeah, I mean, I've, I've had that infection myself um, so that's always, you know, uh, a good way of learning about things is, you know, out here, have a healthy dose of it yourself. And, <laughs> um, it's a good way to catch your attention for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, so interesting, which I think I picked up on a, one of the other stag parties that I had in uh, you know, a few years ago. Um, but uh, yeah, so that that was it, that interests me, and then it, it can be really hard to get rid of. Um, so some parasites we can we we you know we, we work with and see, and they they seem to go without too much of a fuss, you know, kicking or screaming. Um, but yeah, Blastocystis hominis can you know get a lot of practitioners also coming to me for for help with clients who have persistent you know B hominis issues. Um, so yeah, it's it's uh, seems like it just seems a all round interesting parasite that's still regarded mostly as non pathogenic, so as non problematic, um, but it, it definitely there's some host specific reaction going on with it that that happens in a, a set you know a subset of people where they do get symptoms uh, for sure. So um, so yeah, that's very interesting, and then. Chronic pain. Chronic pain is kind of uh, highly interested in that purely from an area such as like an inflammation perspective. So I'm in talks about doing my PhD on chronic inflammation and pain. Uh, so probably going to look at the genes which code for IL-6 and C-reactive protein um, alongside measuring those. So then, you know, to, to, to look at, okay, can, you know, does this tell us, uh, does this tell us that more about, you know, this, this whole low-level inflammation driving pain syndromes, but which is only a, you know, one small part of this massive pain picture puzzle that everyone's trying to understand and, um, some people are getting a bit, you know, getting into some interesting areas like Mosley, uh, you know, yeah. obviously closer to your neck of the woods. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's really, that's, you know, really interesting. So I do, you know, I see a lot of chronic pain patients um, trying to understand, okay, what's contributing to that pain from all areas of, um, all areas of lifestyle and behavior and genetics and uh, emotions. So it's, you know, again, you know, I like to have tests which can measure all this stuff and then so we can actually see, okay, look, here's, here's where there's some dysfunction. Let's, let's poke down this route and see if it helps. And hopefully it does. <laughs> Is there anything that you've seen, uh, just even in your studies, or uh, that you really notice with all of your clients, like with the chronic pain? Because chronic pain uh, is definitely something that really intrigues me too. It's like, okay, you see people that, all right, maybe they're in pain for 
four weeks, six weeks following an injury, and then they're fine. But then other times you just get this cascade of events and they just continue falling into this chronic pain cycle. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, you see lots of different, you see, again, it's really hard to, to kind of, because we see different things in different people. And, you know, I've got a group of people that, when I do heart rate variability testing to look at, um, you know, if their physiology is more directed to a stress or relaxation state. And I, I do this over five days for 24 hours. So we get a really nice picture of what goes on during the day and what goes on during sleep. And you will be amazed at how many people have no parasympathetic activity at all or like five minutes in a 24-hour period. So even when they're sleeping, their physiology is not shifting into a parasympathetic state. So, of course, sleep quality is, um, is reduced, and the ability of the, the body to repair itself is, is, definitely, um, is definitely reduced. So that that's that's one um, that's one area. Uh, now, if you're if you're finding somebody who's not able to get into that uh, just parasympathetic state, yeah, where where are you going to kind of start with them? Is it is it any type of mindfulness practice? Is it uh, journaling? Is it I mean so on and so forth. Um, yeah, it's, it's a good question. It is like, is, there is no like set kind of protocol for this is where you go with it. Um, but yeah, definitely, you know, if you'd asked me five years ago about meditation, I'd have told you it was like, a uh, a fluffy thing that hippies do. Um, but you know, that has been one of the most powerful things that we've seen in like the heart rate variability data um, to actually bring a shift from, um, to actually bring a shift from this kind of sympathetic dominant, you know, physiology that's acting like it's in stress all the time to more of a parasympathetic state. So, you know, it's not necessarily forcing people to sit down and meditate. You know, it could just be working on breathing pattern or getting people to go for a walk and, you know, just try and slow the mind down a little bit. Um, you know, people get it in different ways, but definitely there's something about, you know, relax, trying to slow the pace down, slow the mind and get the breathing better that seems to push the physiology more to that parasympathetic state. Is there anything that you use for yourself? Um, and only 10 minutes a day is, is great. Graham, is there, any, is there anything that you'll use for yourself uh, to reach that parasympathetic state, uh, whether it be the meditation, mindfulness or anything else? Uh, there's an app called Headspace. Yes. That I use that, that I found really good. Um, what is it about Headspace that you liked? Because I've heard different people give different reasons that they like it. So I like people to kind of get like, okay, it's not just one type of person that uh, this is going to work for. Yeah, I mean, I, I like it because it's guided. So if you if you just tell me to like sit down and try and quiet my thoughts, I mean, yeah, good luck with that. Um, but it's you know, it it, it kind of it, it's got some like get interesting like graphics and things with it and I like the you know the the voice of the guy who does it is really you know it actually really worked well for me and most people that tried it have said that his voice is really actually you know really really when you've when you've kind of done headspace it's difficult to go to another one <laughs> because the the voice is different um so that you know, that I've done some headspace, but, you know, um, I think it is hard for people to, to, you know, completely clear the mind. And I'm certainly not good at it myself, not mastered it at all. Um, so, yeah, you know, it's just like if I'm, if, I'm, if I'm cycling to work, I just try and enjoy the cycling or, you know, the moment that I'm in and uh, try and focus on things around me or that rather than, 
you know, letting get trying, you know, let, stopping my thoughts, getting caught up in this and that, or something about work or whatever personal stuff. Just trying, so I try and have moments like that in the day. Um, so again, again, it's just practice with those kinds of things, and you know, I've, not, I've definitely not nailed it by any sense of the matter. <laughs> but but um, you know, I'm, I try. So if you have any advice for maybe your 20-year-old self, uh, what would that look like, uh, either in the form of health or otherwise? Oh, jeez. Oh, um, yeah, what would it do? I'd probably, um, I don't know, I'd probably just, you know, I think it would be that the things that you're going to worry a lot about are actually not that big a deal. That's kind of you know I think we we get we get so caught up in worrying about certain things or which is I mean we have just you have a constant battle against yourself. So I think it's just kind of you know okay give yourself a break a bit and you know don't worry so much about all these small things. Now, if you're looking at it. Uh... Uh. Now, what are those things that you're still getting caught up on, though? Um, oh, I mean, I guess there's, you know, there's always things that come, <clears throat> things that come up. Um, I don't know. You always like worry about. I don't know. Are you uh, have you said the wrong thing, or have you done? You know, uh, you always like ana- you know analyze your, your you know certainly. You know, I'm a bit of a perfectionist in certain areas. Um, so, yeah, it's just, I think it's just, yeah, don't, you know, kind of uh, don't get, try and tell the difference between the big and little things in life. Um, so if it's, you know, you've missed missed an email or missed, a, you know, there was a, a, a deadline, you, you know, you, you promised someone to get something to them on a day or, um you know, you, you'd you'd said something that uh, you would you, you weren't happy with, or someone said something to you that you've then overthought too much and things like that. So, yeah, it's definitely you know for me like uh, you know, um, and probably you know the type of person that I am and my personality. It's definitely a you know been a tendency to overanalyze things. So it's like you know what, just just kind of relax and you know don't take things too seriously all the time so then maybe let's let's dive into uh what's the most politically incorrect thing on your mind right now that you don't want to have to worry about saying politically incorrect thing i don't know there's um i mean obviously it's been a big well the, the most biggest political thing is probably like brexit (laughs) (laughs) i i could see that yeah affecting uh you you quite a bit there yeah so that was always you know there's um a lot of debate between friends and family and things like that so um yeah that that's you know that's kind of on you know uh there's a uncertainty of what's going to happen in the future and it's just you know when that that came out it's a little more worrying for me because I live in Sweden and things like that and you business here. So yeah, of course, I mean, but it's, it's kind of, no one really knows what's going to happen. So it's just, you know what, that's when, if, and if the problems come up, well, it'll be dealt with at the time. So talking about maybe into the future a little bit, what's your vision for a healthy future? Uh, both maybe for yourself and the world, like either 10 years from now or a hundred years from now, even. Um, I think, I think for myself, it's probably, uh, you know, it's kind of definitely, definitely getting there to what I, you know, how I would envision or how I would say that, you know what, I've kind of got everything, you know, I've got things that I need to, uh, to satisfy kind of you know both my basic and you know higher needs um, you know with with work and with like home life and space and yeah you know, uh, things that I do for fun and enjoyment and 
stuff like that. It's kind of it's definitely coming together since moving countries. So yeah, um, yeah, that that's uh, you know it's just trying to get that balance between business and fun for me. So it's going. You know, I've worked a lot hard on the business and I always will do, but it's just getting a bit more balance back in. You know things that I enjoy and that are good fun. So what are some like, of those fun things that you like to dive into? Yeah, like mountain, out, like downhill mountain biking. Definitely like the adrenaline rush. So anything that you know involves going fast is is pretty in, enjoyable for me. Um, yeah, and I learned to I learned to ski last year for the first time. So looking forward to that again. Um, so it's things like you know that used to. You know, when you go on your bike a lot as a kid and you used to really enjoy and it's like getting into stuff like that again, which is, you know, taking a bit of a backseat since moving countries and trying to, you know, make sure that, you know, I've got enough business and, you know, money to do the, to, to you know, have a roof over my head and put some, you know, non-gluten containing food on the table. <laughs> Yeah. What does that vision look like? Uh, do you think really for maybe Sweden or the world as a whole? Um, yeah, I mean, I think Sweden's very giving to other to, to other countries. I mean, they spent a lot of the the budget for Sweden, or we have the, the highest amount that we could give to other countries to help with their development. So Sweden's very very good in in that regard, and they they take in a lot of um, you know, people that are in tough situations in other countries, and they you know provide for them until they can get you know moved in you know to to kind of sort of finally uh, get into the culture and speak the language and all that kind of stuff. So Sweden, Sweden's actually very very good at that. Um, even perhaps sometimes you know they they might be taking on too much, and so then it becomes a problem in the other way where it's it's like. You've got all these people coming in, and then there's there's no housing for them, and you know, it, um, uh, you know, there's there's so there's big demand for like new houses, and and then you know the rate at which they're they're taking in people, it, it means that you know it's quite a large amount of the the population. Um, so then there's of course there's worry that cultural values will be lost and and things like that. Um, so yeah, it is like challenging time I think for for Europe in or you know for Europe and you know when you follow follow things like the the presidential election in the US and you know it's there's there's lots of different people with lots of different views. Um, so it's uh, I think it's. It's very uh, interesting, interesting world to be living in right now, um, and you know a, a lot of these things are some are some are quite tough to see when you see some people so prejudiced over over other people and um, religions or whatever it you know whatever it is and yeah it's it's tough. I, I don't know how. Yeah, you, know, you kind of just hope that it will be worked out over time, <laughs> which well, is we're talking very about the future. Even Graham, is there is there somewhere like okay, you have a time machine right now, go back yeah. into the past. Is there anything that you would either want to go see or anything that you think we could learn from the past to help us uh, improve our future? Um, I think. Yeah, I don't know. That's a, that's a great question. That's a stumped one. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I think you could probably you could always go back to you know bits of time and um, through a whole yeah. So probably a lot of different scenarios where you know, any when the, the world wars ended or when, you know, we decide to start the European Union seems that seems to be the bit of topic of today. Um, yeah, I think it's just like remember why, you know, why those you know, why the European Union was started and what it was for and um, yeah, it's it's really it's really tough and I don't think anyone has has the answers and we can go back in time and look at different things but it doesn't necessarily tell us well 
is that the right thing for now? Um, yeah, geez, you know, I'm glad I'm not a politician, to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I don't, it's, uh, I, I just think there's a, a lot of challenges and, and no one, you know, there's, we have ideologies and, uh, but are we going to be able to implement and those, I, you know, I, can we implement them and then they're different for different people and cultures and then we live in a very multicultural world. So I think if everyone just had a bit more tolerance of, well, you know, that's your beliefs and, you know, we're less judgmental with it. And, you know, I think is, you know, as people don't um, push their beliefs or whatever on, on others, then, you know, I don't kind of, whatever you believe, I'm, I mean, that's, that's, you know, I'm, I'm going to not judge it or, you know, I think it's a, more of a problem when things are pushed on other people. And I think that's a really important thing to bring up, whether we're talking about politics, health, uh, but yeah. just life in general. It, it really, I, I can only believe what I believe. I, I can't yeah. change anybody else's belief system. Um, but also... I believe that I shouldn't push that on others. It's unfortunate yeah. because other people are going to believe, and I, I guess I can't find fault in that, that they should be allowed to or should be able to just push their beliefs of whatever they are on others. Yeah, it's, it's just so it's so difficult because, yeah, I mean, like we can look at other countries and go, well, I wouldn't want to live like that. And it's like, well, yeah, that's why I live in Sweden <laughs> because, you know, I, I live where with within the – you know, the, the, the beliefs and the culture that, that suits me. Um, but I see plenty of other cultures and religions come and live here and integrate absolutely fine. Um, so, yeah, I don't think it's, you know, it's just uh, certain people. Um, you know, and it's, yeah, I don't, I don't know if we'll, I don't know if we'll ever, I don't know if that will ever be kind of stamped out ever. I'm not sure that it will. I think there's always going to be, you know, we can be very much more evolved, but we'll, you know, very cynical view, but we'll find something else to argue or to discriminate against, you know, maybe for the you know, foreseeable future. I don't know whether we'd ever become, you know, I'd hope it would, but that it becomes the point where, okay, everyone can kind of live together in sort of relative harmony. But I think it's not... You know, certainly um, I think we're doing a lot of better job now than we were many years ago. And I think that brings up the, the balance. We've talked about uh, yeah. health balance, work, work and life balance here. This is still a balance where there are going to be people with certain views. I guess maybe they're just balanced out with uh, the other side of that. Yeah. You know, if everyone had the same view or opinion, it would be quite boring probably. We, we, yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, it's uh, you, you, you know, again, you always, you always need the, you know, the two different sides. Graham, a couple last questions in closing here. Uh, one of these, I guess, is kind of going off what we were just talking about here. And who would you want to hear on this podcast? And I guess maybe what would you want to hear uh, them share as far as their beliefs go? Oh geez, could have could have gave me some of these questions ahead of time. <laughs> <laughs> That's what makes it fun. Um, yeah, who would I want to hear on this podcast? Um, oh, oh. no, I think I would. I would like to hear. Uh, I think Richard Dawkins. You should definitely try and get him. <laughs> and what would you want to hear him talk about? Um, I, I think he, he's got really, I think, uh, cause religion always is quite an interesting topic and he, you know, he's, um, you know, classic, very atheist and, um, you know, kind of Darwin. Uh, so that's, it's always, I think that's always very interesting to, to, to listen to like Stephen Fry from the UK as well, from the same point of view. Um, then... I think you who who else would be interesting? I think um, oh, there's a good 
there's a really good uh, like functional medicine specialist called Amaro uh, Cadigan from Denmark, and he's got uh, a lot of he's got an absolute wealth of information on functional medicine. So he's very you know work with with him and have like education from him and. You know, he'd be a really interesting person for you to get on about. Um, you know, a lot of topics related to functional medicine. Um, right. Yeah, so, I, that that's a great list right there. I mean, just to people yeah, to reach out to. I feel like I feel like I've um, I needed to produce better ones. And no, probably, no, that's that's fantastic. Pop into my head. Hey. Why didn't I say? It? <laughs> Hey, if, if anything comes up after the show, you can always shoot it over. We can always try and get people on here. Graham, in closing, where can the listeners find out more about you, what you're doing right now, what you're working on, if they want to reach out and even work with you, how can they do that? Um, the easiest way would be to uh, to email me either graham at optimalphysique.se Um and that's uh, optimal is spelled normally, but physique is f y s i k dot s e, um, or gj at nordicgroup dot eu. Um, there, I mean, two of two of many emails that I have from various different hats that I wear. Um, but yeah, they're. they're you can, um, if you speak, if you read Swedish, you can read about me on the Optimal Physique website or like bang that into Google Translate and that will tell you a bit more. Parasitetesting.co.uk, uh, there's an English summary there of what I, what I, what I uh, a little bit on what I do. Um, I'm just actually, I've never had my own website, so that's the next thing. Um, all my work is generally through word of mouth. When can so, we expect that to be up? Well, that's an excellent question. There's no <laughs> official, um, you know, I just bought the, uh, bought all the, like the, the name and the hosting and things like that. So it's a new, a new uh, frontier for me is going well. So uh, it, it should, but that will be grahamjones.se. Um, website so that that will hopefully be up i'm going to say just uh probably before christmas so we'll have to make sure uh get those links out uh for everybody when that comes up uh grim thank you again so much for your time uh make sure everybody hey if you're interested in working with grim send him an email uh think about all the stuff he's been talking about the lab testing everything there really just getting yourself back on that uh not just just within normal limits, but really trying to get you back to the best person, best health that you can be. Uh, Graham, thank you again so much for your time. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thanks again for listening. And don't forget to head over to BarenakedHealthPodcast.com to check out the show notes for today's episode. While you're there, go to my calendar and schedule a 15-minute call so we can discuss what is your biggest struggle when it comes to maintaining your health. Remember that I'm a holistic lifestyle coach and the show is sponsored by you guys. Each of you that I work with helps me to be able to put out podcasts like this for free. So thanks again for your love and support. Finally, if the show has helped you out in any way, please head over to iTunes to give the Bare Naked Health Podcast a positive comment and five-star rating. This really goes a long way in getting the word out with how simple health can be and helping to share the podcast with others. So thank you.